You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT365. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about the soul. Yes, the soul of Web3 and really the future of Web3. The interesting part about this is that although that's what we're going to be talking about, the soul of Web3 and the future of Web3, you might actually not even have to you know, give your identity up to embrace the soul of Web3, which I think uh, is an exciting component of this entire, uh, what we're going to talk about today's episode. Before we get into that, I uh, definitely give a shout out to our sponsor, Crypto Business Conference. Crypto Business Conference, it's coming up soon. It is in October uh, and excited to be there with so many others, especially those that are listening. Some of our past guests were recently added to the uh, speaker lineup. Uh, so make sure you check that out. And uh, I'll have some more information at the end uh, of the podcast. So what am I talking about when it comes to the soul or soul bound tokens in this space? Now, soul bound tokens, uh, or what we're going to refer to them as SBTs, right? So we have NFTs, which are non fungible tokens. I still laugh every time I say the word fungible. I've been in this space for a while. So, uh, you know, I'm a kid at heart. Um, and, but th- what we're going to be talking about is soul bound tokens. And so these tokens were uh, proposed in May of this year. Uh, by a group of people, by a uh, really a, a futurist, a lawyer, and Vitalik uh, Buterin, the uh, co-founder of Ethereum. And the premise of this, at like the highest level, was how do we how do we identify governance, and how do we prove and, and really validate data and information in a Web three way without using Web two infrastructure or Web two platforms. And that sounds a little like, what the hell is he talking about? Don't worry. I'm going to clarify for you. We're going to kind of break that down. But what I thought was really interesting is Vitalik was talking, uh, and, I, and I, I'll share a tweet here. He said, agreeing with the proverb that those who want to rule people are those that are least suited to do so. We can all argue that's happening in the world today. And he said, supporting DAOs, which DAOs, remember, are decentralized autonomous organizations being run by transferable government's tokens is a contradiction. And so what that really, what we're referring to this is in that right now the, there are DAOs that exist. And for those that aren't familiar as much with a DAO, think about it in the sense of it is a non-centralized company or business that will, that takes the vote of all of those that have governance to make decisions for the whole, right? And so the, the entire, you know, the voting body will, will vote and certain things will happen. Now the problem with that in, traditional NFTs components of this is that we can actually sell sell or transfer our NFTs. So what happens within most DAOs is that those the wealthy, those that have the most amount of money, buy the most amount of NFTs or voting power tokens. And then we're really no different than Web 2.0, where the wealthy get to yield the power. 
But if you were able to deploy a DAO or a company that was going to be allowing voting, but the voting that you are deploying is not transferable, but you can build upon it, now we're talking, right? So the idea of this is what if everybody had one single you know, non-transferable social bound token, and then based on your engagement interaction, based on how, how often you show up to vote, the voting on that actual one token could increase, but you cannot sell it, you cannot transfer it, you cannot give it away. It is something that is linked to an individual wallet. And now, this isn't just going to be something that's going to impact DAOs. I believe it's going to drastically impact how we determine credit scores. Because imagine this, is if that every time that a loan was paid off, that you were issued a soulbound token validating that, hey, this loan was taken out with this agreement and this was completed. Well, when we are trying to determine if someone is trustworthy for us to invest in or for them, for us to work with them, we could simply look at their soulbound tokens and say, wow, they have a very impressive track record. The beauty of this is that it is decentralized. It is all logged on the blockchain and it can't be disputed because that is something that does not exist in that Web2 world. Now, take a little, let's take a little step back here for a second. Wallets that are, that are holding non-transferable tokens, those are referred to as souls. So right now, today, you might have a MetaMask or a Phantom wallet if you do Solana, or maybe you have a Coinbase wallet or a Rainbow wallet or probably about 50 other wallets if you're listening to this podcast in six months. But that, those wallets right now, we have the ability to transfer in and out and transfer to somebody else or transfer to exchanges or other wallets as much as we so choose, right? It also means that I can create as many wallets as I want, just like email addresses. Now, we've talked about this and unfortunately, I just have to you know bring this up again. I have another spam account on Instagram. So now I think we are up to seven spam accounts in the last 60 days where people are using my likeness, my information. Uh, they have the exact number of followers that I do and they're reaching out to people, um, offering them crypto and NFT advice and scams. So if it does not, if, if, if it, if it doesn't sound like me or if you get a random, like non, uh, you know, it's unsolicited DMs, we could call that, right? If you get me sliding in your DMs out of nowhere and it's not to say hi or to have a conversation, it's to pitch something, 99.999999% of the time, it's not going to be me. So let's just be very, very clear with, with that component of it, right? Now, with, with that in mind, like how do we validate information or data online? Like right now we have, th- that's a problem. And in our existing wallets, just like email addresses, I can create as many of them as I want. But what if we were able to have what we would consider our sole wallet, right? So it's the wallet that would be the main wallet where our identity and information was stored, well, all of a sudden now it wouldn't, we, we wouldn't be required. I know there's some people that, that don't want to dox, right? That want to stay anonymous. You could actually still stay anonymous if you wanted to, right? Of course, that comes with its own risk, its own, you know, behaviors and things that, that, that go on. But what is beautiful about this as a opportunity is that, cause really, let's, let's face it. Just because I know someone's name and I see a picture of them, does that make me trust them anymore? No but I'm able to Google them and look on their Instagram account and, and do research. But what if that research was presented to us without someone's name or photo even needing to be attached to it? Now we're changing that dynamic of what does it mean to build trust to demonstrate the value that we are providing. But the problem with this is that the 
the, the wallets today, right now, the wallets today and the protocols do not exist. So for some people that I, if you're like me, you might have listened to this. You might have, you might have hit pause. You might have ran to the Googlers because Google knows everything. And you're trying to find what is the soul bound uh, wallet that I need to buy. Well, right now that technology is not actually fully developed. There are a couple uh, platforms and protocols that are in the works that are beta testing. Uh, I actually signed up for one of the beta tests uh, today. But the, the logic of this comes into what I talked about way back in November. And I'm not going to say that I called out the concept of social, uh, soulbound tokens, but I challenge you to go back and listen to a couple of my early episodes when I talk about the true use cases and values of NFTs. I, for one, have looked at it far beyond the, the immediate financial benefit that we see today with trading and, and buying and, and, and kind of treating it much more like a stock market. I've looked at it as this idea of what, what if we were able to decentralize our ability to authenticate and verify information, data, and even our social graph, right? And so this is something that's, that is exciting to see with, when it, and the term being soulbound tokens. Now, what do these soulbound tokens kind of mean and how does that work? Well, the beauty of this, unlike everything else in today's day and age, right? If it is, if it is a soulbound token in our wallet, we determine if it is shared and if it is public or if it is hidden. Let me say that again, because some people are like, wait a second, I don't want all my information out there to the public about, you know, all the different things. You don't have to have all that information. You choose what you display, but based on what you're willing to display will allow us to be able to base our decision on what we trust you or if you are or someone that we want to work with or we want to invest in. Because let's face it, if, if this information we know has been verified and is sitting in your wallet and you're willing to put it out there, well, now that we, we have another layer of trust, we have another way of putting that out there. Now, I will talk about the cons here in a minute because that it, that does raise a little bit of my like my security radar. Uh, it also raises a little bit of my radar when it comes to um, you know the wallet management. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about that here in a second. But before we get into that, think about this from your self-appointed or self-issued data, right? So you could actually, on the blockchain, you could verify, you could put up there what we kind of claim on LinkedIn. Now, I know most of you that are listening, maybe all of you, I, I have some great listeners, so maybe all of you are 100% honest with where you went to school, the certifications you have, uh, the, 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 the amount of time you worked in your business. I mean, nobody has like a, uh, an employment gap, right? I mean, especially not millennials that you know, it's not like we jump job to job without having, you know, that, those things that, you know, our parents told us were important. Uh, and I say that in joking because let's face it, just going to someone's LinkedIn profile and them saying they graduated from Harvard or them saying that they worked at this company for this long. How do we prove that? How is that information validated? Like you're going to go call up their boss. Oh, their boss no longer works there because everybody moves. Okay. Can you go look up in the employment record? That, that's kind of ridiculous. But what if we were able to, to put that on the blockchain in as in a soul bound token when we are at that company, right? Having it validated or even after the fact, having it self appointed. Well, the beauty of this is you can't delete that. It's permanent. So if all of a sudden you said, hey, I went two years of Harvard, but never graduated. And then 10 years from now, you're like, you know what? People know I went to Harvard. I'm just going to put on there that I graduated from Harvard. Well, that soul bound token would actually show that, no, hey, this person put on there 10 years ago that they were only there for two years. This has changed, right? This is also can be something like, you know, from employment history to driver's license 
to marriage certificates. Now, the marriage certificate one, especially, you know, in the United States, uh, it would have to be a soul bound token that could be terminated or de-issued uh, in the case of like a divorce or if you moved. But that is also one of the components that can live within these soul bound tokens. And what can happen there, because this is fully decentralized on the blockchain, what what can be you know created is like let's say the the Department of Motor Vehicles issues your you driver's license. Well, they're issuing they're they're the sole creator that is creating a soul bound token and they're issuing it to you and your wallet. Well, what if you move? Well, when you move, you provide your proof of moving to the DMV in Virginia, and the DMV in Virginia then validates that you are moving, and they now transfer your driver's license from their soul to, let's say, Arizona's soul, because now you are living in Arizona. Well, all of that can be done decentralized on the blockchain and validated compared to where we are at today, including things like, you know, how do we know, you know, expiration dates and some of the things like in this case, you would could probably do away with expiration dates on things because they're going to have permanent records on, on the blockchain. Like the reason that, I mean, let's face it. Why do, why does our driver's license, well, I think our driver's license expires in some places because they want to make sure that your eyesight is still good and you look the same as you do on your driver's license. But even taking that a step further, you know, part of it is we need people to keep in coming in and proving and valid, you know, proving who you are. Because how do we prove who we are? We have a blue piece of paper in the United States called our social security number. We usually have to be able to bring in a bill of, you know, a utility that is billed to our house and then another proof of, of you know, uh, you know, visual, right? Like a passport or whatever it may be. Kind of ridiculous though, if you think about it, because it's like we have to prove our existence using paper and records that are stored in these offline locations that, that take, you know, weeks, sometimes months, even years to, um, validate. Now, here's the, here's the piece of this that, that we can also think about. And I'm going to get into the, the cons of this and, and, and where that goes for, you know, in the future. But what is nice about this is we can actually do autonomous counterpart signatures within a soul bound wall uh, token. So what, what I mean by that, what I mean by that is we can actually take this a step further and we can say that this person cannot prove that they worked at this company unless there are two people that are randomly chosen that also worked at that company that have a sole wallet that can validate that, right? And these people be randomly chosen based on your social graph, which is also being able to be managed on that on the blockchain. Well, now we're not relying on one independent source to validate things, and we're doing it autonomously, where we don't need individuals because, as I preach all of the time, the number one vulnerability in all of the world as far as security, getting hacked, people scamming people, people using fake IDs, the number one vulnerability is not the technology. It's us, the humans, right? It's someone being tricked into giving someone another ID or a second passport when they might have it. So this idea of allowing, you know, autonomous and, and, uh, you know, counterpart relationships to provide validation to me, it's pretty darn exciting. Now, this can also kind of fit in when we're thinking about like special access or one-time use 
or even proof of ownership, right? So like, let's think about proof of ownership of your house. Like when you own your house and, and for all of those haters, I know we have, I, I was getting hit up with some haters on Instagram the other day. You know, they, they're, they were taking pictures of my, um, my NFT wallet and they're like saying, Fanzo, look, I got a screenshot of your, uh, of your picture, uh, and you paid money for it. And I always like to say like, go sell that. Go sell that. Show me how you can sell that, right? Because you can go in the front of my house right now. You can go to my house. You can take a picture of my house. But I do not believe you are going to be able to sell my house to anyone. But if if I was able to have a soul-bound token that represented the ownership of that house, well, now we have an interesting conversation going. Now, now the interesting part of this is with, within the technology that, that needs to be kind of created around this, how do we like burn something or how does something become terminated or hidden, right? Maybe it's something that that soulbound token only can exist unless another soulbound token for that exact address is replaced, right? So when you sell the house, your soulbound token does not disappear until the other person that bought your house, their soulbound token is now created, right? Now this could also include like, let's, let's go even like the craziest step further. What about voting? Like, how many dead people voted for our last president? I think someone, I think the numbers were like 600,000 dead people voted for our last president. Like to me, like just the fact that it's 2022 and dead people are voting, we might have an issue here, right? Like, and technology can solve this. The blockchain can solve this, right? The idea that we have a permanent ledger that cannot be, uh, you know, it is immutable. This is something that is really exciting for us to be able to validate proof of ownership, even add credibility into our digital or online um, interactions. And as I said earlier, you actually don't have to prove uh, or require you to link to your legal name or your legal information, because here's the thing, that wallet, that sole wallet that you have will be the wallet that has that information in it that is controlled. You know, you have the, 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 let's just say you have the seed phrase. But what is beautiful about that is it's not attached to your name or your social security number. Rather, it's the, the information is attached to that individual wallet. So now we're taking this a step further. Now, I know for some of you, you're like, Brian, I already don't like using my NFT wallet or my crypto wallet because there's hackers everywhere. And, and, and I hear about these scams happening all the time. And, and, and like, you want me to now store all of my information there? Like, get out of here. Now, here's the, here's the, the trick of this. And, uh, you know, Vitalik, uh, put this out, the co-founder of Ethereum was like, what if we used a decentralized recovery tool that allowed guardian protocols to actually approve, you know, and validate that someone needs to have their password reset or that, that, that wallet is who they say they are. Now, I will tell you in the government, when I worked in the Department of Defense, uh, in cybersecurity, part, this is kind of what happened in the war zone. Right. If someone had lost their ID or their membership or their pass to get into somewhere there, what was what would then happen was there would be people pulled from that person's world and they would be brought into a room individually and said, who is this person? What is their name? And if all three people were able to prove the identity of that person and say, oh, that's such and such. They were in my you know, they're in my uh, you know, in my mess hall or wherever that may be. That person was now granted access. Right. Because it was validation via the random random draw of the peers that would know that information. Well, in this digital world, in this blockchain world, that can also exist. Now, what does that do? Well, now it prevents this ridiculous seed phrase nonsense that we are currently dealing with. It also changes because we because these NFTs are non-transferable, the own the, the vulnerability today 
is not somebody just hacking my wallet. It's hacking my wallet and taking things out. Future vulnerabilities in a soul-based, you know, soul wallet or that are holding your soul-based tokens, because they're non-transferable, the vulnerability is your individual password, your information, right? Like very much like our email address, right? Like, I mean, the difference between an email address and like, let's just say my Twitter account. If someone hacked my Twitter account, I can guarantee you I know what they would do. They would hack my Twitter account. The first thing they would do, they would change the reset email address to their own email address, and then they would change the username, right? So now they have a Twitter account that is verified on Twitter with a hundred and whatever, 20,000 followers that I have on Twitter. And all of a sudden now it is them being able to leverage that. Well, that's what happens on the Twitter space. But in, in Gmail or in Google or in my email, someone's hacking my email. They're not hacking my email to change my email name. They're hacking my email to get access to like my individual and then go out from there. So in the soulbound token uh, perspective, if we change the way that we value, value, validate someone's information or that they're, they're the owner of that wallet, and we do that using recovery tools that use that guardian protocol that allows us to like, you know, understand, okay, if this person has interacted with this person this many times, they can then prove based on the fact that they have those interactions. And if we have three random people that validate that this person is the owner of that wallet, well, that's enough or you know whatever that percentage is to actually prove the ownership, give them access back to their actual individual wallet. So to me, that's something that's exciting that is in the works as far as like um, the technology component goes. The other thing that I brought up earlier that I think is essential is I believe wholeheartedly in DAOs decentralized autonomous organizations. The reason I believe in these so much is that I believe the future of innovation is collaboration. Let me say that again. The future of innovation is collaboration. Unfortunately, right now in 2022, our ability to collaborate is often not only siloed by where we live, but siloed how our organization is set up, siloed how our tax structure is set up, siloed how we can, you know, we set up an LLC, siloed by the, the, literally the parameters of, of the real individual world without embracing the truly digital world. Like imagine if we were able to get the smartest minds in the rooms at the right time doing the right information. Well, I look at DAOs as that ability to open that door, right? Where you not only allow decentralized decision making, but you take down that barrier to collaboration. Now, that problem of that is that we have seen this, and I've, I'm a part of many DAOs. And first of all, trying to get a bunch of people to agree on something in today's day and age, that's a whole other discussion. But the fact that the DAO tokens or the governance of it within a DAO is transferable and you can buy it, those that have the most money can purchase the most power and then have the most say in a DAO. And let's just face it, we're no different than every other Web2 company or every country that exists. But what if we change that dynamic, right? And what if every person, no matter their, their wealth, was given one, and then based on their track record, based on their interactions, based on what they're doing, well, then that changes how many votes they get, right? It's not about their ability to buy or sell, rather their ability to, to operate, their ability to activate, their ability to really step up and do what they say. The other part of this that I actually think is really cool is that that might sound like, well, Brian, doesn't, isn't, can this already be done? The beauty of this is it can be done autonomously, which means like AI and our technology can do a lot of this saying, Hey, we need to, and, and like today, like, you know, 
you know, when someone grow, you know, how does someone get verified on Instagram? Like I would, I would love to know because I mean, I have these seven fake accounts that it would sure as hell help if my account was verified. Therefore people would know if it's not a verified DM from me, it's not me, but uh, you know, Instagram so far has not, you know, come through on that side. But the reason that that is a, an important component of this is that, you know, what if the actions of us allowed the vo- the the validation or the verification of who we were and it was done transparently what if you were able to be verified with you know the, hey you have a verified um trusted lender or you can you are someone that lenders should trust not because a person decided at a bank not because a bunch of random numbers that were decided but based on the blockchain based on your track record, based on your history, based on your interactions, based on what you have to lose, based on what you have exposed on your soulbound token. What if that was all factored in to their ability to trust you, the ability to give you a loan, the ability to let you buy a house or let you, you know, move to where you move or, or get the job that you might want to get, right? Because ultimately in the world we're living in today, someone could make one mistake in life, could make one very critical mistake. And they could pay for that for the rest of their lives, even though they are upstanding and they would deliver on everything else in their lives. Well, our ability to weight those things and do things autonomously to actually, you know, provide validation and verification has never been there before. And so a lot of it is us as humans judging other humans. But if we were able to take kind of like that average, like I always say, like, it'd be really like, you know, the blockchain is pretty, pretty transparent. And imagine if, Rather than the type of car someone drove or the, uh, you know, amount of money they, they claim they've had. What if all of that was able to be able to be kind of proven, right? Cause I've, I, I do this all the time, right? I will drive by and someone has a Lamborghini parked in a house that was built in 1941 that is falling apart. And I'm like, so you're going to flex driving that Lamborghini as if you have money and status and power. Yet your priority is a depreciating asset known as a car not the house that you live in that you have your family in and part of, right? And so to me, like this idea of this like autonomous, you know, validate verification and really being able to map out relationships and even, you know, identify biases, this is pretty interesting, right? We are going to be able to identify biases and not only just identify them, but actively change before the biases even impact our future scaling issues, right? Because businesses, governments, I mean, I mean, communities, they all struggle to scale. Why is that scale struggle? Because there are certain things that either fall off or we're not able to evolve with the changing landscape of those that are involved. Soulbound tokens are actually going to give us the ability to evolve based on what everyone is individually holding. Because remember, this is different than an NFT. It is not transferable. You cannot buy it. You cannot sell it. And it is attached to that wallet. Now, the technology today is still being worked on. So we don't know some of like the nuances, right? Like, um, can, can we have the ability to, to hide all of them? Are there certain ones that we can't hide? And I mentioned like the cons and we have to kind of just attack the cons real quick. The other piece of the cons that are important to kind of just recognize is that, you know, one of the limitations that we definitely have is that what if someone is airdropping it randomly into someone's wallet, right? What if people are maliciously, you know, uh, using these solid bound tokens? Well, first off, most of you know what my saying here is, right? No technology, no innovation, and even no soul will fix stupid or stop bad people from doing bad things. Bad people have been using every innovation from the light bulb to the wheel for bad things. 
The question becomes, how are we able to use them for good things and then set parameters and things around the technology and the innovations so that we can even do better things and protect ourselves the best we can from those bad people from do, that are doing bad things. But I'm just gonna, I'm here to tell you that social media and video games didn't make people bad. And the fact that those exist didn't, you know, it's the humans, right? The humans are, are, are the, that component here. So with that being said, the malicious component of it is something that the technology would have to evolve and learn based on AI and some of the decentralized components, right? And I still feel like right now, and this is the truth, OpenSea is not decentralized. Looks rare, not decentralized. Coinbase, not decentralized. So although we are playing in the Web3 world that is moving towards decentralization, the fact that OpenSea still has the ability to block something from being traded, right? When my wallet was compromised, I asked OpenSea to please lock my wallet. Now, in a truly decentralized world, no one person, one body has the ability to prevent or block or lock anything. Now, to be clear, OpenSea is only blocking the ability to trade it on their platform. They cannot take my, they cannot take my NFT back from someone else's wallet. They cannot extract it. Those things on the blockchain are truly decentralized. But as we move forward, to me, this is the most exciting part about the blockchain. And most of you know, like, you know, back in 2015, 2016, I was getting on stages and I said, for the love of all things, please don't make cryptocurrency the first mass adopted use case of the blockchain. And the reason was, is because I think of these use cases. The idea that we could actually change the way data information is stored and allow it to be validated, authenticated, and even, you know, immutable, right? Where it can no longer, like our birthday is never going to change, right? So the fact that our birthday is never going to be changed and we could have a soulbound token that verified that in our wallet that we owned, that is ours, but it doesn't even have to tie back to a social security number because that's just a number that was generated when we were born, right? And like, I mean, I, I'm not into like the, the anarchy side of this logic. I know there are some, you know, in our community that, that have gone down that, that far of, of saying like, how do we remove all centralized banking and all centralized governments? But there is something to be said about like, I mean, I, I believe part of the problem we have in the United States is we have a two party system. Um, I mean, the, the requirements to be the president of the United States is broken. The fact that we have party lines and the way that things, all of that needs to be just disrupted in my personal opinion. And part of that disruption happens by how do we start to validate and change the way some of these criterias are, are currently being implemented? Because a lot of it is things like we are still operating by the, the, the parameters and the decisions of people 150 years ago that made decisions long before what we learn things about mental health and th about, you know, identity and things that exist today. And so for me, web 3.0, the decentralization of web three really comes down to identifying the problems of web two and then removing the need to use web two infrastructure to create an, and, and establish a web three identity. So if you think about it this way, how do I prove who I am, what I, what I'm all about based solely on my actions, interactions, both online and offline, right? Because these soulbound tokens can be given to you. If you complete, you know, um, one year of college, you get a soulbound token, right? So that is now proving that you did something offline. So this isn't just a uh, online verification. It is actually verification and validation of everything that you've actually done. 
The beauty of it, though, is they are they are soul bound attached to that soul wallet, and that allows us to uh, add an, an extra layer of authentication and identity to what we have going on. So, to me, uh, hopefully, you are, uh, maybe you're as excited as I am. Uh, maybe not. Maybe you're like Brian. Um, I think you're a little too excited uh, about these uh, soulbound tokens, which you know might be the case. That might be the case where I'm a you know I am slightly excited when it comes to uh, what is possible with soulbound tokens. But I will leave you with this: a lot of our thinking happens when we're just trying to take a a offline solution and take it online, or take a Web two problem and solve it with Web three technology. I believe what soulbound tokens are doing are identifying a Web 2 problem, but reimagining it in a Web 3 world and then building a Web 3 solution to solve that problem. And that excites me in ways that, well, maybe you can tell here on the podcast. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. You know, we are here each and every day. We are on our March to November 11th of 2022. We are buying an NFT every single day. We are keeping them in one collection that will be for sale on November 11th. So whoever buys that mosaic on November 11th of this year will own all 365 NFTs, the time capsule of the last year. Nobody has ever done this before. It's the very first time that we did it. And we started it way back on November 11th. It's been one hell of a roller coaster. I've spent way more time on this project than I ever would have imagined, but we are, um, we're neat. We're reaching, we're past that one third final mark and we're marching towards our, you know, maybe our last a hundred plus days, uh, till we reach that mark. So I'm excited for you to be joining us on that journey, on this journey. Uh, we also have a couple other things that are uh, coming up for you in the near future, uh, around some other sister podcasts that we will uh, give you some more information on very, very soon. But, uh, also shout out to our sponsor. I mentioned earlier, crypto business conference. They just added some great new speakers, um, to the lineup. Some, uh, some great friends, uh, shout out to Gigi. Uh, Gigi, uh, is, is, uh, an artist and a project founder in this space that I, I'm a big fan of. Uh, I know Carlos Gill uh, will be speaking there. Uh, Travis Wright, who was, uh, I was on Travis Wright and uh, Joel Com's podcast uh, a little while back. Also Swan Sit. Um, I mean, amazing lineup of humans that are going to be there at the Crypto Business Conference. So I hope I will see you there. If you want to check out more information, it is socialmediaexaminer.com slash NFT 365. So check that out. Look forward to seeing everyone there in October. Hopefully you're going to be able to meet myself and some people on the team. And uh, we're going to have some fun talking NFTs and Web3. So as always, my friends, until tomorrow, make it a great day. Cheers. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review. Like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. We are greater than me. And as always, this show is not financial advice. So do your own 